Welcome to Story Talking, episode 11. This episode, my guest is Armand Kapoor, who is, uh, writes short stories, he writes poetry, he's working on a novel right now, and uh, he's actually, he's a, he's a friend of mine, and uh, I'm very close to his older brother, and but we never ended up um, talking about writing ever, and so he was, he's actually the first person that I recorded uh, the podcast in person with because, as you guys know, you know, people that we feature and people who use Launcher all over the world, but this was my, my first opportunity to do a podcast in person, so you'll see that the audio quality for these are, well, this is a lot better, and you'd also see that this was a really fun conversation for me. I... Uh, we we got into it immediately, and we basically just—it's like we combined had the stream of consciousness of just just talking about about writing, about breaking down stories, about what it's like to choose this as as a career. And uh, Armand's a really fantastic writer. You can listen to his his story. We mentioned it in the podcast as well. It's called death of an artist and it comes out next week here is episode 11 of story talking with armand kapoor so i remember um, a lot of people including i think my own like brother and mom had recommended that i get a dictaphone because i feel yeah. um, i mean it just seemed like a valued accessory to any like sort of serious author sure, you know yeah. um you get so many like tangential thoughts relating to like you might see something and might like spur something in you. You should and you don't know what they're going to become, but you want to say exactly. them. And yeah. I don't know if this happens to everybody. I'm sure you have. I feel people have this sort of um, sort of stream of like consciousness, sort of like going through them just as they were to fall asleep, and all these like sort of thoughts like sort of come oh, yeah. back, you know, burst yeah. out, and they seem like strange and like strange connections are being made, and I feel. Sometimes I might strike on something, I think, surprisingly deep or relevant, yeah. you know, when that happens. And I feel like for those moments, I guess a dictaphone would have been sort of like, a, <laughs> sort of something that I should have maintained, but I never did. And yeah. I would probably use my notes app, like yeah. on my phone or something to write down whatever I was thinking. But um, I think whenever I was sort of, uh, I actually feel like it sort of ruined, like, the process, the initial process of uh, preserving like your thoughts sure, and sort of letting yeah. them like uh, root and cultivate until it's something substantial. I yeah. feel um, if you just have like the seed of a thought and you have something nice and pretty to like put aside it, like a photograph, something like Instagram, I feel almost like vaguely like you let yourself be manipulated by something like that. You sure. know, you sort of feel like you have a pretty picture and you have like a nice caption to go with, something yeah. that can be a little. Uh, thought-provoking or maybe inspiring for like five seconds yeah and you just like put it out there you know whereas um the same exact thought could technically be the basis for your novel yeah you know that little thought that little feeling you had that little stream of consciousness could have been something a lot bigger a lot more substantial you know and um i don't regret the things that i've like shared eventually on social media right like poetry or like photographs or like little pieces of text or anything but I do feel like it's sort of made me um, complacent 
towards the bigger trajectory of my writing sure. career. Yeah. You know, because uh, you're told as like a writer that you are meant to like have a practice, you know, yeah. like you're supposed to sort of keep doing it and yeah. uh, otherwise you sort of, I, I don't know, not lose touch. But I, I think if you truly feel like connected to writing, you can't ever stop as right. such, you know, and yeah. it has to come out like one way or the other. You, you yeah. feel... Uh, intensely about something you have to put it out there uh, sure. but I guess it's up to you what channels you decide to sort of like yeah you know um, I don't know share uh, your work with you know you can either let all those things sort of like germinate all your ideas sort of come together for like a book you know or it could be like a series of articles or it could be like a blog or it could be Instagram you know and I feel um even though I was supposed to study literature at university, uh, I ended up doing a business degree uh, in the UK. And it was... Did I, you decide that or do you felt like it was the, to be on the track of whatever was expected of um, you or you chose that? I feel like I can't say that I was forced into it. Sure. Because yeah. I, I don't feel like my parents are those kind it of people. It wasn't a conditional thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have study this. There was no yeah. ultimatum, you know. Right. I do remember it being like... Um, a bit of a sour note initially when I was sort of very adamant to study literature. Yeah. And I feel I sort of came around to the idea of not studying it because I was worried that if I had to study uh, lit, it would sort of maybe take some of the charm out of my own like creative writing endeavors. I feel that too. You know? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, my perspective now is completely changed <laughs> on that. Because now I feel it's almost integral to sort of, um, at some point in your like career to maybe go through some sort of like uh, course or writer's retreat right. or just have some way of uh, giving yourself like a determined practice sure. uh, of like creative writing yeah. and also have a sort of uh, mode to be able to discuss it and share it with other people who might uh, be your peers or maybe people who have already been through it right. you know because I feel like um, in my current life I, I do love meeting people from other professions and I love hearing them talk about what they do um, because I feel like it expands my worldview and as if you want to be a writer of any I'm not going to say worth <laughs> but if you, <laughs> you want to well uh, there's there's self worth yeah let's say that yeah I feel like in order to uh, you want to feel like you're a writer yeah, yeah of, a, of a I don't know um, you want to f- come from a place of understanding and you want to let your audience into a world that you might not necessarily already belong to, then you right. need to keep your eyes and ears open at all times. Totally. And yeah. when you are talking to somebody and you're engaged in a conversation with them, it isn't just a conversation always. It's also you sort of understanding their perspective. Right. You know, and I feel um, also it's supremely interesting to come across people from like different professions and yeah. actually like listen to them talk. Uh, I think personally for me, I think it's the most charming thing in the world and Charming or sexy, honestly, if you have uh, an understanding of your field and you're passionate about what you're doing, I am here to like listen to you talk about it yeah. because um, I don't know, it's sort of, it's stimulating. Yeah. Listening to people talk about what they do makes me want to do what I do to like, you know, bring it to that level, uh, be that accomplished, you know, yeah. and um also, I feel like everyone is so like sort of desensitized. Like a lot of people are so desensitized to everything these days. The conversations just sort of like breeze past you. You know, yeah, like you yeah. don't even realize you've had a 
uh, you might have had like a really like nice conversation with someone it's just like a blimp on your radar you know right. you're of all the things you do in a day do you even recall like something that was sort of moving to you or interested you or sort of um and if there's an imbalance with how i felt taking walking away from this like for me it was very profound and important and the other yeah. person the other person it meant nothing that that also i think yeah. affects how you walk away from it yeah i mean i um so initially though when i was 18 and then i started studying in the uk yeah. um i thought it was a really good idea because i had come from this very cushy upbringing you know delhi boy really lives with his parents as we do yeah. in india at 18 um had grown up like really comfortable everything that i wanted yeah. was sort of always there presented to me uh no real challenges in life i think even something as simple as being able to um go up and speak to a stranger or make a new friend were not challenges that were ever presented to me and the moment that i went to the uk i feel like that was just the tip of the iceberg of the many things that i had to sort of learn yeah. and even if i went to some place like say pune or bombay or something i don't know if necessarily i would have gotten that sort of like exposure because yeah. i feel there is sort of already like a sense of understanding about how things work in like your country yeah you know you have a certain sense of comfort yes of course you're leaving like you know your home and you might have to like cook and clean and do laundry for yourself and things but going to london i think worked for me on like two levels not only because i had to sort of make friends i had no friends right. i had to sort of like be that person who was actually willing to get to know right. people who weren't already from my pre-existing like you know life um yeah. and also you cook and you clean and do all those things but i think it sort of urged me to sort of enjoy my own company and sort of discover what interested me as a person because over here when you're younger i think a lot of your interests might be determined by the people that you hang out with it yeah. might sort of limit sure um, yeah like what you do to a big degree because you are never actually compelled to leave your friends and think to yourself what do i want to do what do i want to see yeah. what do i want to learn yeah they're and, friends uh, with you because they're supposed to, like they're I mean it's it's convenient to a big degree yeah. you yeah. know like there's in, no choice like yeah. college is the time where someone actually has the choice to be friends with you exactly and yeah. we're being being at that point like i had this similar thing when i went to at 18 to the us yeah it was it was absolutely i felt like you you watch movies you read books and you think that 13 to 17 are the are the coming of age years for me it was 18 to yeah. 20 18 like college was where i really became who you who i yeah. wanted to be and who i wanted to figure out if i could be but like i i felt like that's the thing with delhi you they kind of there's a stability and a but a little bit of a stunting of your growth mm. as a human being just because you're around the same environment like every day yeah. on repetition and education is not yeah. at all fostering imagination yeah you know i feel like it's in a way it's it's not even i don't i can't say that it's very delhi specific anymore i feel like in the grand scheme of the world yeah, there are sure. you see the same patterns sort of repeating themselves at like different periods in time in different countries and things like that and i feel um once i was there i i got into sort of um going to film festivals and sort of going to art exhibitions and sort of actually um enjoying things for myself yeah uh, which was something which was sort of unlearned to me before that i feel yeah. all my experiences before that i whenever i think back i think about all the people who were around me in those moments too whereas when i look back at my time in the uk so many of my favorite moments have just been me right yeah. walking to uh, a particular place sort of exploring the city on foot 
um, speaking to someone who I might never speak to again and having like a brief moment of like interest or charm or something like, you know, transpired right. in that moment, which was different and sort of unconventional. And uh, I feel it, if anything, going there and doing a business degree sort of left me with a bigger gap. Like when I was going to the UK, I sort of, like I mentioned earlier, I was having a feeling something seemed off. Something right. seemed, um, it already seemed like I was on the wrong track when right. I started to go and like do a business degree. Um, but I wasn't able to sort of articulate what the problem sure. was. You know, I had been writing at that point. I'd been writing since I was 12. So at this point, I've been writing for about six, seven years. And I don't know why. Some it, I couldn't put my finger on it, which is why, which is the only reason I can say that I very willingly went to the UK. Uh, because it seemed like this is what people do. Right. You're meant to go and study at university, of course. And you don't want to study literature because it might become boring to you. If you want to be a writer, it might just sort of like drain you or burn you out from like your own field. And then you just, what if you lose your passion? What if you lose your interest? And that was very like, that was such a frightful notion for me. Wasn't it, don't you think a bit of that was kind of like, by not officializing it, you were doing like a soft quit where you were, if you don't go all in, you don't stand the risk of, Failing. Failing or yeah. being told that you are not what you think you are. Yeah. And at that age, that would be the worst to be told, to be thinking that you're a writer for six years. Yeah. And then someone just flat out says, I don't think you are. Yeah. You know, like that would be the worst thing someone could say to you at 18, and I think. I feel like also another aspect Did someone of it say is, that to you eventually? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I do remember this one uh, really heated argument with one member in my family who um, like sort of like showed me this like sort of uh doomed future that sort of awaited me like if i went down this path um just because of not all the things that i could um try to achieve and lose but just all the things that would be out of my reach right you know nothing you can control and that's how you get threatened i mean you think about all the things that all the material maybe not even material maybe it goes a little bit deeper than that because sometimes i feel the material ties into your own like sort of sentimentality like yeah um you know, something as simple as you want to have an engagement dinner with whoever you're getting married to and you're going to like uh, have a bottle of champagne. Yeah. So a bottle of champagne is not part of like your sentimental moment. It's sure. it's like a component of the evening. You know? Right. So in that same way, I guess you start worrying that your, um, I don't know, all the moments, the sort of like interpersonal moments that you might have, they also might as a result be threatened Sure. By the life yeah. that you no longer have access to because of the fact that you chose to do this thing, which at the end of the day, we don't know about, Arman. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it's all you. Yeah. You know, and uh, at 18, I don't think any kid wants to hear. I mean, it, <laughs> I didn't want to hear right. at 18 that, okay, it's all you. This right. Yeah. You're on your own. and um, Especially when you are going to a place where you're going to be on your own anyway. Like exactly. You're, yeah. So you're physically alone and mentally you are being told that you will be alone if you continue down this path. So just an FYI. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and they, they, they they, they did their, uh, over the course of time, I think my family has done their best to sort of, um, we were a very success driven family. I would like to think, uh, I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing because even now I realized early on that, uh, for a lot of maybe like an Indian family, Indian family setup, um, acceptability for them yeah. is 
social acceptability sure. like overall um you are a writer if other people say you're a writer yeah if other people can recognize right. that you're doing something yeah. you're doing it well then it means it it shows them that okay yeah you know i feel like it maybe that's just my my own experience sure, yeah. uh, but i feel like i started <laughs> earning the recognition of my peers once i started getting published Right. You know, before that it sort of seemed like I was on a raft or like yeah. sort of like going towards a different island and everybody else was over here just looking at me with like this sort of this big grudging look like yeah. like why are you doing this to us? And you know? and they don't know so, you're fl- you're going towards an island that you are pretty sure will arrive. I mean, but they're like no, he's he's going alone. Like yeah. he's and you've been literally not forcibly but by choice it's like you're casting yourself out from from your tribe. And yeah, we are a tribal people. That's yeah. that. and and Indian culture is extremely tribal because like especially the this, the thing you said about uh this what society thinks of you is what is yeah. what the family you know. Yeah, eventually I'm thinking. I think my my favorite theory about that is like if you try to notice right if you are being introduced or if someone's mentioning you in a conversation whether parents or loved ones or family they want to introduce you so that there are no follow up questions. that's the that's the dream hmm. what does your son do he's a doctor no follow up questions that are maybe the follow up question there would be oh where you yeah. know but but not like tell me more about this weird answer you just gave me yeah, they, yeah. they just people just want that safety net yeah. of familiarity i mean it's totally there and i i my family my immediate family has been really lovely uh when compared to some more i would say uh nosy Yeah, relatives with sort of like these sort of piercing uh, queries yeah. into like your decision making process when they say things like, um, excuse me, when they say things like, okay, you write, we accept you, <laughs> we accept the fact that you write, but what else is there? Right. I mean, this is like going up to a doctor and saying, right, we get it, you're saving lives. But what else? But what, what, else? what do you do? I mean, it, the, the saving lives take yeah. up your entire day. Yeah. So, you know, and make me worry less about you. That's, exactly. That's what they're really I think saying. It's also, they just—it's—it's it's, you. <laughs> I don't know if you can sort of put people in a drawer and say that everyone is like so one-dimensional. Where if they sort of ask you like follow-up questions about like your writing, that that just means that they're. nosy or they're yeah. not okay with it i don't want to say that because i think yeah. that's just you know that paintbrush is like too white like you're just painting people in like yeah. a particular color and that's yeah. not that's how i can it do is, it you, you don't you don't have to do it i'll do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh because i i do feel like it's it's really strange i feel like you get a very polarizing reaction yeah oh you either yeah. get people who are absolutely enamored by the fact that you're a writer and i would say in my personal life almost everyone initially who i had gone out with um was totally like charmed by the fact that sure. I was right um this i guess um it lends you an air of mystery just purely because you're doing things that other people um are not doing you know so you yeah. become sort of like you become special you know air court special and for that you know? age group like 20s yeah. teens unfamiliarity is good yeah i mean yeah. it's also like you know you maybe the people who i went out with they also wanted to do something different No. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Right. No. No, 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 no. I uh, think I think that that is a valid point because maybe they're not 
maybe they're attracted because they find this to be something new that they haven't yeah. used before, yeah. or they like subconsciously are attracted because they did not really pursue something that was you know clicked exactly. with them because yeah. it's yeah. a risk to be a hundred percent sure about anything. I I've, you know right? recently I worked on this uh, like twenty one part photo series. Yeah, and uh, it was you're you're a, a photographer. Uh, too, I mean, just well, vaguely. Right? I, I'm an yeah. Instagram photographer. Right. <laughs> you know and. Um, I, I had done this 21 part photo series and all the photos had these like little captions and, all that. Yeah. and there was this one photograph that said, um, do you admire the artist or do you admire your own admiration of the artist? Yeah. You know, uh, which you I wrote think, that, that yeah. was your line. I like which it. I think is just was the crux of a lot of my earlier relationships. Like, yeah. is it about the fact that you, and I, I've noticed it in my yeah. own, like personal life and conversations that how much of it, how much of it is, your actual interest in getting to know somebody and what they do or their stories or their work and how much of it is you sort of patting yourself on the back for yeah. being sort of this sort of cultural elite for yeah. having an interest yeah. in a writer in the first place. Right. You know? And I think that's, um, I don't know if that's a reductive thing to say. I'm just saying that it's something that I've experienced in my I life. I mean, the, you know? the latter yeah. is what hipsterdom is, right? <laughs> See, I feel like you're making generalizations. I don't want to get roped up in those generalizations. No, no, no. It's, it's, I get to do this because it's it's my platform. It's my audience. Sure, I, they, sure. they love it when I generalize. Uh, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, in relationships, in romantic yeah. relationships, I feel um, like when I talk about wanting to get to know somebody and romantic, not romantic, if I talk about getting to know someone who's from a different field, when they're telling me about what they do, I try to, I try to like build a, if I'm with them, I try to build a map of who they are, that sort of a person, all the things that they go through, I try to understand what actually is affecting them. Right. Because I feel like you can't empathize until you actually make an effort to understand. Sure. You yeah. Know, otherwise it's just surface. Yeah. Yeah. But I have had the uh, reverse happen to me where on the broad surface level, you understand that someone is a writer or an artist and you know what a writer or an artist's sense of success is, what their what success would mean to right. them or what is sort of a tangible right. measure of success. You know, like a writer gets published, an artist has an exhibition, whatever. Yeah. Um, but when it comes into understanding a person's process, I don't think you have to necessarily be an artist um, to have a process. Yeah, I feel someone who um, is like a trainer at a gym has a process. Someone who's a doctor has a process, and I feel this is exactly the same thing. Right. I, I I guess on some level it's almost like taking an excuse and saying um, artists are just by nature incomprehensible. Their process is incomprehensible. Right. They're sort of like they have uh, thoughts come from obscure places. Connections don't make sense. These right. are like generalizations that I feel a lot of people make when. Um, you you hear you they ask you what you are you say you're a writer and then they ask you what your book is about yeah. and I'm, I mean if you're writing a book they ask sure. you what your book is yeah. about and um, somewhere in the description of like you know when you start explaining to them that these are the things that sort of moved me these are the things that I wanted to sort of bring down a paper this is what I want to talk about this is what I want to question you can see sort of like this glaze coming over their eyes <laughs> You know, and, uh, but I would like to believe that it's not just writers or yeah. artists that go through this. I think it's just an attention span issue, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. And but just, see, that kind know. of gives them a free pass because then they're just like, 
almost everyone else. I think there are these two kinds of people that you can run into when you're having this, the first time you meet someone and you're trying to, they ask you that question. And I've, I've thought, I've thought so much about this when, when I meet people on a plane or in a situation where I'll never see them again, I always do this test. I see as some people, I do like my own sample testing, you know, AB testing, mm. where some people I'll tell them that I run a, a writing platform. Or like some people I tell them I run a startup. Some people I tell them I run I run a publishing company sure. based on the audience. But some people I tell I'm a writer because I always don't self-identify as a writer first. I just feel like I'm someone who writes, who ultimately uses the platform as a way to continue writing, mm. you know, because I can make money and then I can fulfill what my path is to, to think things and put them down. Sure. But I always find that there are you run into two kinds of people when you're having the kinds of conversations you're talking about, whether either interested or, you know, it's going over them and you can yeah. tell that they're looking for an exit or they're looking to be like, Oh, it was so nice to meet you. They're looking for that in to say it's, it was so nice, so nice to meet yeah. you. Then they go to the bar. Yeah. I think there's the person based on what they talk about themselves. I usually like talking to people who are happy, who sound like they're happy with what they do. Because people who are happy with what they do are very good listeners and they're empathetic on, mm -hmm. in general so far. But people who are unhappy with what they do, maybe they don't even know they're unhappy with what they do, but you can just tell that in their voice. Yeah. I don't, I try to not give them, I try not to let them affect me with the way they accept what I do or not. Sure. Because I think those are the ones who... Do you who, get like people... Um, or look when you tell them what you do whichever one I think I think over in India I've just gotten used to it mm. because rarely is it especially Delhi I think rarely is it more than in, more than a huh mm. it's just a huh and then that's yeah. that's kind of it I I find anywhere else anywhere else that I've been to you end up with an assortment of characters or interesting people and they want to talk to you and they just want to get to know you yeah. older people generally are much more fun to talk to for me mm. i mean i shouldn't say that with a young people podcast but <laughs> in these situations it's it's the ones who are who maybe they've seen life in enough of life to be like you know what literally good for you for following something that you believe in. yeah but i think those who did not follow their dream are way more uh subconsciously resentful mm. of the ones who are in the process of following their dream. Perhaps. I think... But you don't have to agree with this in case someone, you know... No, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> um, I think it's one of those things where I don't, I don't think necessarily that they acknowledge the fact that they are um, subconsciously or consciously that they might... I don't think they realize that they might not have followed their dream. Perhaps yeah. they haven't been able to articulate what their dream was enough for them to be able to say that okay we right. followed what we intended to do so I think we sort of uh, for people who don't necessarily have uh, an occupation or a particular interest is the thing that they sort of follow over the course of their life it might be something else it might be money yeah. it might be a big family it might be anything else you know and I think um, for me it's been a massive tug of war between this idea of the things that I need in my life yeah. versus 
knowing and sort of pursuing the thing that I know is the only thing I need in my life, which is yeah. to write. Yeah. You know, and I say to write, I feel like that in itself has like myriad shapes and forms. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you are always working on your novel. Yeah. Um, and I feel it's okay. Like you do a lot of like backtracking and thinking over when I talk about like Instagram and oversharing on Instagram. I feel at the end of the day, it is part of like your portfolio, not yeah. for the world, but for yourself. Right. You know, you sort of look over the things that you have produced and it sort of reminds me, like it reminds you of who you are. It reminds you of, um, where you're going and I'm still like, I don't have regrets about the things that I posted, any blog post I'm going to put out there, um, any like Instagram post I'm going to put out there, whatever it is. I, um, I do feel on some level that when you are not following your dreams in order to, and you know what your dream is. And my dream, I think is not, it's not just to be a published author. Yeah. I think it, for me, first and foremost is to look down at the words that I put on paper and sort of feel like I was able to move myself first. Yeah. Bring myself to the emotions that I'm sort of feeling um, that I was feeling when I initially wrote the words down and then sort of be able to recreate it over yeah. and over again. I want to yeah. be able to like, it has to be like a wave that's sort of crashing and falling. You have to be able to bring it up in yourself. You have to be able to like bring yourself to that apex of emotion. And that's what I want to do with my writing specifically. You know, I want to be able to sort of cause some sort of like internal chaos or some sort of movement in the people that are reading. Yeah. Um, something that I wrote, not only because... They, it connects with them, but because they can also sense that it moved me. Yeah. You know, that I produced something that was worthy of my own attention, worthy of being put out there in the first place, something which was important enough to be out there, to exist in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so not only do they associate and put their own perceptions into it, but they also are able to understand the writer's intention, you know, and um, which is why I feel like when I associate... Uh, when I envision like sort of my body of work, I don't necessarily intend it to be novels. I would like to think that it's also about like the life that you live. You sort of have to be, you have to live with that sort of uh, understanding and intent. The way that you perceive things is also you being a writer. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not just about what you put out there. It's also what you take in. Right. You know? And, uh, uh, which is why I, I guess for me, the biggest thing that makes me a writer is my sort of romantic uh, worldview, mm. you know, because I feel in the absence of that, it would be very difficult for me to uh, put anything down on paper. I feel like if I didn't perceive things in a sort of um, exaggerated light, yeah, you know, or a sort of very like, uh, you know, like warm caramel glow under like this warm caramel glow, I would not be able to uh, <laughs> put it down and let people sort of like eat it up you know yeah, yeah. so sorry um so and i think it also sort of for me personally it has an effect on the kind of things that i write about you know um there are a lot of people who write fiction authors who yeah. write about um a lot of physiological issues you know uh, especially indian writers some of them might write about um illiteracy or rape yeah. or uh, people in the lower classes you know like real 
physical struggles. Right. You know, like you don't have a roof uh-huh. above your head. You know, I, I look at it as like um, Maslow's hierarchy, right? People who are writing about the beginning stages. Yeah. And then there are people who are writing about the end of it. And I feel people who grew up really comfortable are already at six to seven on the scale. You know, you are already at uh, that point where you, what you want to do mm. is also totally possible. And then comes this question of, I'm able to do it, now do I want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you already know that yeah. if you wanted to, you could do it. Right. You can already achieve it. And I think in that, you sort of breed this sort of like, uh, this this like seed of like laziness, you know, and sort of uh, apathy yeah. towards your own like pursuit of passion like comes in that place. You know, like you already feel like you could do it, so you wonder why you should. You worry that you could achieve your dreams and they won't make you feel the way that you initially intended. Sure. I feel in a weird turnaround way, if someone was struggling or had some sense of like a physiological struggle, they might actually be better prepped to follow their passion. Like someone who uh, is struggling to like go end to end on their check, you know, oh, sorry, on their like bills and things like yeah. that, you know, on the money that they make. But they have a passion, like they have a passion for writing or music. I feel like they almost like work harder sure. because yeah. they don't know if it's possible for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, that said, for me, I I remember reading once that you either need to have like this sort of otherworldly passion for what you want to do or you need to grow up rich to be an artist. Like one of the two needs to happen, you know. And uh, (laughs) because I guess rich people, even if they always aren't the best artists, they might have the platform that uh, a lot of like people who are not as well off, they, they won't get the platform. You might be like ultra talented. It happens in music all the time. It happens in other fields, I'm guessing as well. Excuse me. You just don't get the platform. So sometimes, you know, just the cream of like, supposed like society gets the platform. And within that, you might find people who are like really talented, you know? Um, I think um, this is something that I had mentioned in like uh, my my book was um, only... Privilege acknowledged is privilege possessed. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, if you yourself right are not able to acknowledge the fact that you come from a place of privilege, you will not be able to wield it in the way that you could and sort of advance yourself in life. And it's not necessarily something because uh, it's almost like white guilt. You know, yeah. like yeah, um, completely other issue. But yeah, uh, I, I mean it to say you could spend your entire life sort of like rolling around in an existential crisis of the fact that you are able to do what you want and people are not able to do what they want or you are able to do what you want but what if it's not uh, empowered enough? You right. know, what if you're not using the platform that you're given to do something more meaningful? But at the end of the day, the most meaningful thing that you can do to sort of, I think, be like an empathetic individual, like you said, was is to follow your own passion. Yeah. You know, because I think it's sort of like, uh, it makes you sort of bloom as a person, you know, and you are happier and you're a better citizen. Just, I feel like it does have some sort of like effect on your overall, like, uh, it has an effect on your temperament, has an effect on your understanding of like morality. I just feel like, you know, you are, uh, um, you're doing what you want to do. You feel good about life. Yeah. And you are, um, yeah. So I, I grew away from that feeling of, because I used to have this feeling that what if I am not uh, a good enough author 
I sort of grew away from this feeling. Um, I used to feel really guilty about <laughs> wanting to write, about wanting to be an author. I think it was a lot of wanting to be published. I, I had this sort of like fear uh, that I was letting people down by just wanting to do what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, because um, I have literally heard it said that you come from a, a particular background, a comfortable background. Your aim, one way or the other, should be to advance wealth. Yes. To advance your luxury position. Your place right. on the ivory tower has to stay. Yes. You know? And I feel like it's supremely, like, reductive. Yeah. I feel like it really, really closes up the mind to think like that. To think about the fact that success is only measured by tangible value. Yeah. Or the, I don't know, ownership of certain things. Or, you know, uh, check marking certain things off your life's, like, bucket list, which every person is intended to do. Yeah. You know, uh, marry by a particular age, uh, have kids by a particular age, have a big house, uh, have a car, have this sort of food or that sort of wine down to the toilet paper that you use, to the shampoo that you buy. It's all supposed to reflect, like, a sense of success. But I feel truly... In my best moments, I, I, I don't feel attracted to any of these things. I sort of forget the existence of all the other objects around me. And I feel those are the moments I feel like most alive. And I feel like what I'm doing is... Um, I feel like I'm preserving myself. I'm saving yeah. myself. Yeah. You know, I am uh, existing truly, like occupying a space in the world... When I am writing something that I feel counts, I feel like it deserves to be out there. I feel like I'm doing it for myself and going to bed at night, feeling like you did something for yourself, which is like you feel accomplished, you feel safe. For me, that's the safe bed that you lie on, you know, not the size of your actual bed. And uh, that said, it's a lot easier said than done. You come from a position of comfort, it's a yeah. lot easier said than done to say, okay, I don't need any of this. You know? So, and even now, I have heard a lot of people say that you need a day job. Like, artists need day jobs. Right. You know? Um, like, if you're a graphic designer, you might want to produce your own work, but you might still be taking up freelance jobs sure. elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're a writer, you might be taking up, like, articles, you might be doing, like, editing, whatever it is, you know? You could be doing all those things too. And I, I do not... I, I don't think it's like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's really about who you are as a person. And if you need to take like X, Y, Z amount of time to produce what you need to produce and you feel like you can only do fiction or whatever, then stand by it. Right. You know, um, I have sort of been like walking through this like cloud of like social interference. You know, uh, I became so used to being part of the movement of everybody else around me that everything that I did sort of had to go through like the sort of jury, the judge jury executioner of my own friends and family, you know, where if you really look like getting down to it, um, you do what you want to do. You're at that age where nobody can interfere with that. Right. You know, um, and where the privilege aspect of it comes in is that, Hey, you do have a roof over your head. Yeah. And you're not like the sole breadwinner for your family. You are in that position. It's time to wield that position and sort of do the max that you can, you know, as like a writer or whatever. Um, 
anyway. But yeah. no, no. But but how much do you think? How much of all of this is in you when you're not writing, and how much of all of this is in you when you are writing, or when you are writing, are you completely putting yourself in that vacuum somehow, where you are not thinking about it? Because mm. it's tough to like. I I think there there are we write about many things. I think you and I might be writing about slightly similar things. I just, I'm not a, I'm not a descriptive writer. I can't describe the coffee shop, but I just, I pretty much purely write dialogue. Like, okay. I just like people talking. Sure. But I do feel that, at least for me, there are times where I'm writing about the past. Just the past is my is my drawing board. It's where I'm drawing from. And there are times where I'm writing about something that could technically be a future if I wasn't so interested in the past. Right. And I like I like writing about those things. That's why, like, whenever I'm writing characters, they're always they're always talking uh, over each other just because there's this. Because I sometimes feel like in life there's a hurry to get to the point, and. When you're a writer, you kind of have to have the patience to let the point be where it is, and you'll get there eventually. Yeah. So, like when you're when you're actually sitting down, and you're 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 typing or you're or you're writing, like what? How much of you is still in there, and how much is just the thing you want to say? I think. I think this is where, like, for me. I started to question whether I'm supposed to be writing novels as opposed to like short stories. Yeah. Because I feel. Um, I'm a huge supporter of short, short stories, stories just yeah. because of my platform and all short stories. <laughs> it's I, faster. Yeah. I have many reasons to support it, but but I do want to hear. I mean, for me, it's I how feel, you feel um, about it. I feel sort of not chained to a certain set of uh, commitments and sort of like these big, um, you know whatever aphorisms of the idea of what like a book should be like you have a certain dogma that you need to follow um yeah you need to um adhere to a word limit you need to have xyz uh detailed characterizations you need to have someone to root for like these sort of big statements yeah. that people say sure. about any like you know um, book or when a book is really successful and you do an analysis on it yeah. you have to sort of pinpoint these things about right. the book you know yeah um i feel it's sort of for me specifically like personally i don't know if i'm like suited to the format because i feel so much of what i wanted to sort of produce um is about what's said but also about what's left unsaid yeah you know and i don't i do like this sort of vague um sort of uh, I, i do like leaving things vague i like vague characterizations i yeah. like um Look, when I talk about like the locations that my stories are based in, I I give the most like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, the most basic like markers of like where the story is taking place, what sure. the characters are looking like, you know, what they what literally their physical appearances, um, and sometimes even their motivations. I feel like are a bit of a a jumble. You know, yeah, because I I do feel like that's more <laughs> accurate to life. You like contra- people, your characters contradicting. Um. Yeah, the I mean, purpose like purpose of your story sometimes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like um, people sort of shift and evolve 
you know, yeah. um, in the face of like different consequences. What I do like is the idea of the passage of time sort of taking its, um, sort of forcing people to act. You know, I sort of use time as my biggest, uh, uh, plot yeah. propeller really, as yeah. opposed to, um, actual action sort of forcing people on because sure. I feel, um, but it's also, I would say this is probably about my first book as opposed to, you know, other things that I might write in the future. But for me, the passage of time sort of really lets you look back and sort of see how a decision taken at a particular point has had like yeah. a ripple effect, which is not something that you can always, excuse me, assert in, in a novel that sort of concludes itself in like a three month period, you know, something like that. Right. Something which is sort of immediately like plot to plot to plot, point to point to point. Um, I feel like I do like seeing, because I, my, my first book is really rooted in sort of, um, men and women sort of placed against each other. Yeah. Um, and you sort of see how time has forced them into particular shapes, you know, about who they are as people. Is this a fantasy one, 12 or no, 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 this is like, I don't, I don't don't call that a first book. I don't call it that. Yeah. Because I, I honestly, I forget. That yeah. I ever wrote it because it right. seems so far removed from my ago. present life, you know. Yeah. Uh, that said, I mean, it was probably my most like unfiltered, yeah, imaginative. So this piece is of the yet. one you're talking about is the one you're doing right, right now. now. Yeah, right. Uh, and it's not fantasy. It's it's, it's not. purely it's, it's grounded drama. in yeah. in, in our like, world right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's in reality or the near future. No, no, no it's no. it's actually like in the past. Actually, it's, okay, it takes place um, about twenty years ago. Okay, and. Um, I, I did want to do 20 years ago because um, I do intend to sort of write uh, different books at like different periods in time to sort of also put a little like mm. inkling of how the time that has changed has right. also affected the way that the characters talk, the way that they move, the decisions that you know they've taken or what is allowed right. um, for a character, to, like what, what is a character allowed to do? You know, yeah. what is a woman in 1984 allowed to do versus a woman in 2014? When was that first feeling? Because I remember mine, like, to be fragmented. But when was that first feeling? You say, you know, you started writing at 12. When was... I think as writer, you always have these, like, moments where you're like, those were some of the best moments of this thing that I like doing. Can you think of, like, something that was really that influential like would you because sometimes I like to go back to happy memories just to remember yeah. what happiness feels like so <laughs> and in your as a career this is a very there's a lot of you're only as good as your last story as someone would like to say you I know? mean do you mean in in respect to um like the moments that I was writing and I felt very the moments where you felt either self-validated mm. or you know, validated by everyone by else. Um, Even if it was just one person. I think the first time that I felt validated by other people was I was in the UK doing my second year and uh, I had written into this uh, online magazine called yeah. Alta Skelter. They're based in, I think, Bangalore and Bombay. Okay. And um, it had this open call uh, for new writers and um, there was a little theme that was off the hook. That was the theme. And... Um, I had written this very experimental, very image-heavy piece right. uh, called Knowing. And um, 
I'd sent it in, and I remember the last day of my semester, uh, we was, I was in the marketing department. The entire, um, a bunch of us from the marketing department would go to the student union and just have some drinks. And I remember distinctly that we were there just getting shit-faced, basically. And I got an email from these guys saying that um, we're going to publish it. Yeah. Um, but you need to make some changes. And, um, like, just a few to make it more... Yeah. Uh, assimilated with the theme overall. sure yeah and uh, I had no problem with that actually because I realized in that moment that these people were crazy enough to publish my really experimental story sure. yeah you know and um, because it had no characters like no characters with names it yeah had no um, plot line yeah it was just thoughts and images sort of transcribed and sent in yeah you know and at that moment I felt I would say just proud as hell, honestly. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, proud and also just reaffirmed, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I was assured that this is something that I can do. Uh, unfortunately, it's like uh, all my... Uh, the 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 way things have sort of gone after that, yeah. I feel has been like a steady slope down. <laughs> because there was that one... Moment, like that was my moment, and then right. everything has been people saying, or or just you know generally, my own fears, sort of like diluting the work in terms of sure. what is socially acceptable, what are people going to say about this? Is this strong enough? Is this not strong enough? I don't know. Yeah, and um, lots of characterizations, things like that. You know, just I I felt <laughs> uh, perhaps someday I'm destined to be like a um, like. A, filmmaker or something making yeah. short films instead because or making like ads like perfume ads because the way that I think is yeah. not linear right you know I have um, I would say images pop up yeah. and I sort of assign importance to a particular image and that's right. where I start yeah you know and I, I'm either building towards that moment yeah in my head or um, it literally is the moment that things begin for me and then I build an entire story around it you know and uh, it used to happen to me a lot in the UK. Uh, when I came over here, I guess I sort of got distracted by the sort of um, mess of like social obligations and trying to pursue some sort of like a normal career, yeah. um, like whatever, a day job, you know. And um, I, I felt um, only when I would leave town, sort of be away from my sort of daily responsibilities with these flashes of my yeah. tour self would sort of come back because um, I would sort of, I don't know, be dreaming more. Yeah. You know, daydreaming more. I would have um, more things that inspired me. Just right. regular things would sort of like bring up more emotion in me. Right. Because I think you can daydream a lot, but it's also about do you feel anything mm. about the things that you think? Right. You know, like, or are you just thinking them? Like, yeah. is there ever a moment where you think something and you're sort of moved suddenly? Like, where you uh, didn't expect to be feeling a particular <laughs> way, but you're suddenly sitting at coffee waiting for someone and then you're like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. What's going on? You know, and... Uh, Those are the most emotional moments for me. And it, and it's very hard to hide that you're in that emotional state to whoever you're with in that moment. And if they show up, you're like, oh, shit, I guess we're going to have to drink because I don't think I can have a normal conversation right now. I mean, I think... <laughs> I think, I, I think but th thankfully for me, but unfortunately for everybody else, I'm that person all the time. Like, I'm right. <laughs> the most, like, random... <laughs> outbursts of emotion and, and they just accepted it that, incompre yeah. incomprehensible to other people like uh, 
I remember once me and my ex were slow dancing and this song came on. It just started like, just not, nothing. It was such a pleasant evening. We were slow dancing at home. Yeah. And I started just crying. Wow. And I remember like, in return, getting this like look of like, I'm here for you. Right. Are you okay? Like, you know, like, you, sort of. Did you immediately start thinking that she was going to think that it's because of something that is happening between them? in that moment because you were somewhere else right I, I feel like it was um, the look because that's how self-aware I, I, I would get in that moment <laughs> I think immediately was, thinking about it was what a summary uh, like it I think I summarized it as this is just what writers do like yeah. you know, this is just how they are uh, they have like flights of fancy you and showed then, that you license know. they're like oh I was given this license yeah exactly so, there, yeah. so uh but I feel, okay, so a moment that I felt um, self-validated the most would probably be... Wow. It should, you should not have to think that far I back. Know. Maybe, I think that was... I know, I, I, know, I was <laughs> going to say that there have been so many moments, I'm so proud of all my achievements, that, <laughs> that it's tough to pick one moment apart, Lux. Uh, uh, I think it was... Um, Before I presented it to anybody else, I had written um, a series of short stories, which I eventually sort of like self-published this sort of like collection of short stories. Right. Um, it's buried now, by the way, because I realize self-publishing is uh, very labor-intensive, very right. difficult to do. And um, I mean, that's why I made Launchoras, <laughs> to not give people that pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> tough. I mean... I feel yeah. like obviously if you're the kind of person who knows and um, like the ropes and is right. willing to put the effort in, you can do it. Right. Absolutely. But uh, for a lot of people, I feel just getting their work out there and sort of like putting it together is a big exercise. And then uh, I'm not saying that you just sort of leave it to like a publishing house or an agent right. or whatever. You still have to do things. But I think uh, a lot of people sort of underestimate how big the after process is sure. as well. You yeah. Know? Like emotionally, yeah. because yeah. you can. So many times, like, I, I'm a big fan of letting the work be the work, and then everything else should be easier compared to the work itself. Yeah. Like, writing should be the hardest part of this job. But so many times, that's, not, that's, that's too ideal, idealistic to think, because most of the time, it's getting people to pay attention to you. Yeah. So, and then, that is the, the scariest part, because initially, I think, when you start writing, you're not saying notice me, see me. You're saying, notice what I have to say. And if yeah. you like it, tell me. But once you get into the mix of trying to ask people to see what yeah. you wrote, no, it, 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 everything goes away and all yeah. you're really left with sounding like is see me, see me, see me. Like, give me attention, yeah. please give me attention. Validate this yeah. sense of yeah. self-destruction that, that, that I'm on. <laughs> and that, that can be really bad for... No, I mean, we're supposed to nourish this creativity in us, but if when we can't, we should, there should be a different way. There should be someone there or so. there should be a support system that yeah. lets you but feel, feel you good know, about it. When, when we, in fact, I want to like probably take back what I said about the short stories and sort of say that it wasn't that, it wasn't a particular moment. It's never been a particular moment for me. I think it's just, um, if you are, uh, if you've, read enough in your life or if you have some sort of an idea of what sounds nice so you were able to put out what you wanted to put out and then you sort of look back on it like say you just had this um 
sort of moment yeah. and uh, you had a thought and that thought eventually turned into like a piece of writing or a poem or something and it could be the beginning of a story it could be anything and you sort of look back on it and it's exactly what you wanted to say yeah. maybe even more than that you know and i think for me that is a moment that happens quite often and i think it's yeah. more it leaves it's it's um it's ecstasy you know like yeah. you it's sort of something that sort of lasts though yeah you know it's sort of like uh leaves you feeling very strongly about who you are as a person and uh i think that's something that's happened to me so many times which right. is why i can say without a shadow of a doubt that okay this is the thing right. that i am supposed to be doing more than anything yeah you know and i feel like if i didn't have those moments often enough that i wouldn't feel this way yeah you know i think so, it's the thing i don't think you have to be we should never really be 100% sure about anything because then there's no room for growth and learning but this should be the thing you're most sure about compared to everything else yeah. you know yeah. i think that's that that's good enough and we shouldn't really ask for more yeah for me um since i haven't done long form as much as you know short stories i feel i've become maybe a bit more um tuned to sort of exploring characterizations over like a single decision like in right. a person's response to a single decision as sort of the elaboration of their character sure. you know because i guess if five people are going through the same thing and all of them have a different reaction to it how you really explore character in the first place totally know? yeah so i feel i like to take situations which are considered to be very mundane yeah and sort of just put equally mundane people in those situations and yeah. sort of see how they act you know how Uh, over the course of a couple of interactions of uh, a geek and the jock yeah uh end up at the same place at the same time one night uh, at a hot dog stand yeah um and there's something more there yeah you know like the conversation reveals that there's a sense of history a sense of loss something yeah. how does one act you know um do they i don't know so I think that worries me uh, when yeah. I like look at like writing a novel because I feel you have to do that for multiple characters sometimes right you know yeah. you have to sort of I mean depends on what kind of book you're writing sure. of course you know but um but you you kind of also want to make sure you don't have too many have tos because mm. if you put too many have tos then you're already that's what you're I'm saying, saying yeah. okay I'm going to make this dish yeah but I have to put this in there yeah. I have to put that in there it's like the master chef uh pantry exactly like, oh, I have to decide in a, in 30 seconds yeah. what I want as ingredients. And that's that's the kind of pressure which is like, the kind of pressure yeah. we need though, don't we? I mean, I feel a deadline is great. Yeah. I feel even for smaller objectives a deadline is great. You know, even if it's just about finishing a chapter or like finishing up a summary, anything, yeah. you know. Uh because I feel a lot of people struggle with just that, with just like meeting totally. their own yeah. like deadlines because before you have an editor, before you have an agent you you have to fix your own deadlines yeah. you have to like sort of it can't be just an infinite timeline that you're yeah. going to be doing this in because you're obviously people their own thinking about something changes over right. the course of time or it might not change but it might not grow you know yeah. so if you have something that you really need to get out you should just get it out right you know and it's off your chest and then it sort of leaves your mind open the door is open for other things to sort of come in and sort of like and confuse you <laughs> yeah. and perplex you and then you can sort of like work on them later you know so um i do feel once i came back to delhi and i sort of like decided that i wanted to write a book 
I did come under this sort of, um, I don't know if it was, how much of it was self-perpetuated. Um, definitely a part. Um, this pressure to sort of be writing a book of a particular nature. Right. You know, a book that I knew would be published on my first attempt. You know, and I feel in an effort to sort of like create this sort of product, you know, I just sort of lost myself. Like, right. I, I sort of lost myself in this idea of what the book was supposed to be like. Yeah. And initially what I would do when I was younger is just go sit at my laptop and write a short story just cause. Yeah. That was something that I didn't feel like I wanted to do anymore because I had this bigger, more oppressive sort of um, thing that needed to happen, this thing that I needed to produce. And it started to sort of like bulldoze everything else mm-hmm. that would come organically. Right. Uh, but you couldn't stop yourself. Like you can't stop yourself from like daydreaming and having like yeah. thoughts about different things. So I would use social media blogs and posts and photos to sort of elaborate on those tangential thoughts. And I feel like up until recently, up until this year, have I finally been able to like take stock of my decisions and my life yeah. since the time that I graduated till now and sort of see where I sort of led myself astray a little bit you know and uh, now I think the thing that I've learned is that not only do I want to be an informed author even if I'm writing about things which might be considered metaphysical issues or psychological problems you know um, I do want to be an informed author but at the same time I feel even more determined to sort of maintain an individuality of like vision yeah you know and I don't want to compromise on that you know, I, I feel like I have to know. I feel in any field, you have to know what yeah. you're trying to do. Yeah. Like, you should know what the desired effect is. Yeah. Right? And then it is like an open court for everybody else's opinions post that fact. You know, but um, I feel you have to let your own desire sort of overtake you. Mm. You know, you sort of have to really drown in the exaggerations of your own images, the exaggerations of the characters, the things that they're doing, the the problems that they're having. I think it has to be really pressing on you, you know, where, you know, when you're reading a really good book and you know that you're out somewhere, but you know, you're going to go home and like finish that book and you can't wait to. I feel like it's the same if you're writing a really good book. Yeah. You know, a really good story. You might be out somewhere, but in your head, the wheels are sort of turning and you can't wait to sort of like go back and sort of elaborate on this sort of conundrum. I feel like it's like a problem. You know, uh, you have something in front of you and now you're trying to solve it like by elaboration. Yeah. You know, unfortunately or fortunately, definitely fortunately. Uh, The moment that I started writing again, frequently um it was very difficult for me to sort of remove myself from the romantic um sort of it extends like if if i'm writing often and i'm thinking in that on that wavelength the other parts of my life also start sort of getting the sort of rosy glow yeah you know what i mean where it's sort of very difficult for me to remove my like rose tinted sunglasses then because if i am on this sort of elevated uh like elevated pitch, like if, yeah. I'm, if I'm writing on that like level where everything is sort of flowery and exaggerated and characters' motivations are sort of like meaningful, everything is so meaningful, then people start automatically seeming um, as not instruments <laughs> for you, but they seem like 
an extension of this world that you have for yourself. Yeah. And it becomes easier to sort of like soften your critique of like human nature and other people. Like you are feeling very positive about yourself. And I think you become more open to accepting like other people in your life, be it like friendships or relationships or whatever. Uh, and in my past relationships, um, I think whenever I have ended up in a relationship, at least the death of the artist situation was, I think the first time in my life where I actually met someone when I was at a really positive place in my life, you right. know, and I was not rebounding off anything. Yeah. I think it was just a matter of, it was just a matter of time where I was feeling very self-assured about myself. I had just opened up a store for my clothing business and I was also very determined to finish my book. Yeah. And I was feeling like on a overall, like on a high and I was so confident about who I was as a person that I couldn't stop smiling just in general. Yeah. And I think it was bound to happen that I would meet someone who yeah. sort of saw that yeah. and recognized that, okay, this person is very optimistic and I think sometimes people do I mean especially if you are not as optimistic sometimes I feel uh, you can be two sorts of people right if you're a pessimist you might want to be surrounded by other pessimists or you might want to gravitate towards people who sort of bring out the best in you and sort sure, of yeah. help you alleviate your yeah. own stresses and yeah. things like that so I think that's what happened you know but unfortunately as the story goes I wanted desperately to remain an optimist but who I was with turned out to be an eternal pessimist so uh. Uh, it wasn't had, even a phase it was it was it was gonna stick around I think it was gonna stick around uh, and I think that I sort of felt myself descending near the end of it I sort of felt like uh, I was losing uh, but eventually unfortunately um, I guess the relationship did have that sort of malevolent effect on me where I did become pretty jaded for the entire rest of the year after that you know where I just didn't uh, excuse me I guess I felt that um, my optimism had got me nowhere. Yeah. You know, and that was oh, that's the worst. You know, I that's... felt like uh, I was doing everything right for once, and <laughs> uh, but things just weren't panning out. And then one thing goes, and then everything goes. You know, like a domino. Yeah. The kind of writing that I'd like to do, I can't even imagine being a commercial Indian author. Yeah. You know, I, I would always feel that I was. Just because of how the landscape is, not because I feel like I'm... Just like because this, of what you know, it has happened so far. Exactly. Right, right. If you look at like the sort of pattern of the last couple of years, you're able yeah. to sort of see that, okay, this is working, this is not working as much. Right. Where would you land on the map? Yeah. Such, but yeah. Um, I think I think if I was going to make movies there, I'm, I'm the Netflix guy. I'm, I'm the movie... I'm the guy who writes the Netflix movie because it's... It doesn't have to be for everyone and I will never write a something for everyone. I just want you to have a good two hours. That's yeah. it. Like, I want you to start the two hours in whatever mood you were. But by the end of those two hours, you I don't make it your life worse. That's my minimum threshold. Like, and it if I succeed... Minimum threshold. Though. Yeah. You can, like, reach... No, but you can, you, can make, you can make things that make you think so far down another end that it's... Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes art is supposed to make you mad. Sometimes reading something is, like, when people are writing about important things... I'm not writing about like the things you said that mm. we just can't write about because we're not living that life Yeah, that we can try to write about it, but we're not going to be writing about it all the time. But I think that if, if I'm going to be writing something that's going to be out there, then anyone, any old, any age should be able to read it. And if I'm writing something that could serve as a, a, a life lesson that I'm trying to do those. Cause just because mm. I know that my, um, 
I know what my audience is and I know what how old they are and I want to make sure they understand that uh, the things they watch on TV, the things they watch in movies and the things they read about, they influence who they are. So yeah. I don't want to be irresponsible with my readers in terms of what they're reading. Yeah. But but that's pretty much it. Like I try not to think about anything else because I've never been able to write something that fits a goal. Like this yeah. is what I want to say right now and that's pretty much it. Well, I, I feel like I'm completely the opposite. I love to glamorize like terrible <laughs> behavior. All right, I want to end on something that I that I've tried to maintain as a maintain as a thing we do with every guest. Um, a lot of like I said, a lot of young people use this platform, thirteen to twenty six. So you're right now on the upper limit of that age range. Mm. Um, I like to ask people, what would you have liked to have heard as a message through a platform like this, if you were talking to a 16-year-old version of you? What would you have liked to hear? Or what would have made you make sure... Because, I mean, 10, 12 years ago, you were right there. Yeah. You were you were writing, you would not really... You were working on what this was going to be. Like, what would you have liked to have heard future you say? Or any I think of you? Uh, if I was 16 and somebody um, at 26 was talking to me, I would... I think love to hear that um, to be to want to write is honestly one of the most like empowering things in the world, and I feel like it is such a tool for expression. And it is so difficult to find people who know how to articulate what they are feeling, what people around them are feeling. And I feel that a lot of people struggle to be able to sort of look back at their lives with any sense of relevance. Whereas writers, I feel, got really lucky. Yeah. And I feel the world is so vast and it's so easy in this day and age to sort of reach your audience or grow an audience that one should like never be afraid of trying to be exactly who they are. Yeah. You know, and only over the process of a regular practice and sort of like going for it, really going for it, will you ever find out what do you, is there somebody out there who gets you? And yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who get you, you know? So as, as a 16 year old, I would, um, I mean, if someone's on the brink of a novel, I would say, take yourself seriously yeah. enough to be able to go up to people in your life, whoever the understanding adults are and, uh, tell them to take you seriously as well, because you never know, you know, you never know in this day and age, yeah. what you might be on the brink of. So yeah, I, I think it's it's more positive now than it was um, before. Yeah. Because I feel the modes of expression have sort of expanded now. Yeah. So, yeah, man, and it's, it's freaking fun. It's it's fun. It is right. It's, yeah. it's fun yeah. to, like, it's fun to be creative. Yeah, if you're not having fun writing, then, then, then maybe you need to find it and put yourself in an environment where you are having fun. Because yeah. it, it shouldn't... Yeah, and then the environment does bad. have an effect on um, yeah. the moods and sort of the productivity of a person. So if you know that you want to write and it isn't working out for you wherever you are, then move yourself. Yeah. Like try to try to find a place for yourself that feels comfortable and then just go for it. Like try it, you know. So yeah, don't give up. That's good. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of Story Talking. Make sure to check out our month's listen story called Death of the Artist. And do check out our next episode where my guest will be 
writer and documentary filmmaker Monica James. If you haven't already, do check out last week's episode with Thank you.